Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. Uh, this is our pub but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. And you can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire uh, and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Today our special guest is Ascot United ladies goalkeeper Lisa Phillips who joins us on the phone. Hello Lisa. Hi guys. How are you? I'm good thank you. How are you both? Not so bad at all, not so bad at all. You coping yeah, yeah. all right? You coping so, all right? Sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, just about getting a bit of cabin fever. I've uh, bought an exercise bike and <laughs> doing a lot of workouts at home. I was, I was going to say, have you used it yet? Yeah, loads. I bought a guitar <laughs> as well, actually. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure the neighbours have had enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we've had uh, we've had uh, a lot of female goalkeepers on this podcast slightly by accident, um, but you are you are the latest in a in a in a long line of um, of goalkeepers. Um, what? How did you end up being a goalkeeper? Oh, you know what? It's going years back. I think I literally went in goal at a training session, and one of the coaches said to me, "Wow, you're a natural," and I'd never got out again. <laughs> did, did Did you want to? Uh, well, I used to. I spent a lot of the time on the floor when I played on pitch, so maybe it was meant <laughs> to be. I used to roll my ankle and fall over a lot when I was young. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was meant to happen. To be honest. <laughs> what position did you start out in before you were a goalkeeper? Then I used to play right back. I mean, when I broke my wrist, I broke my wrist twice. I played left wing once, and right back and left back but I've always ended up back in goal, so I can't have impressed that much. Ascot <laughs> <laughs> um, United, uh, have, but what was the se- I was just trying to think, um, see, look through the season, but it was a bit of a tough season. Is that is that fair? Yeah, we have. I think it's been tougher this season than it was last season. I think the first season we were in the league, we really flew, but yeah, it's been tricky this year. It has, yeah. Still seem like a, a reasonably well established, or your position suggests you'd still be a reasonably well established club for the level, even considering, like you say, you've only been in the league a few years. Uh, how do you think you've um, the club as a whole has managed to adapt to um, being in the southern, is it southern region Premier Division? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think they yeah. adapted really well. Obviously, I wasn't about the year they got promoted, I was playing for Bracknell. But the first season in the league, we really took off. We we got off to a flying start, actually. And by January, it was quite comfortable to say that we would stay up. Um, last year, we were really tough to break down. Um, we didn't score much, but it was hard to score against us. Now, this season just gone, we, 
well, we're scoring more, but we're much easier to break down. So it's finding a balance. But I think for a team that have come up to stay up for three years is quite a big achievement, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, so you, you you played in this division uh, with with Bracknell Town Ladies, which is which is now sort of uh, not not a not a club anymore. But you, you, is, is it that was a that was an older team, uh, and I, and I I get the feeling you're you're playing with a bit of a younger team. Is it is that is that right? Yeah, I feel like an absolute dinosaur. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of youngsters, really good young players. It's a bit of experience. We've had a few new additions this year who are a bit older, probably about four four thirty plus year olds. The rest, you're looking mid-20s, early 20s. So, yeah, it's quite a young team compared to what I'm used to. I mean, I've been in this league 16 years now. Wow. I know, it's too long, really. Um, <laughs> this is definitely the youngest team i played for. You're saying that you've been in the league 16 years. How has the standard of the league, do you think, um, changed over those 16 year, that 16-year period? Oh, it's incomparable, really. Um, when I started off, I was 15 and I was at Slough. I, I was actually in a very good team. I never really seemed to recognise it at the time for whatever reason. I was, I was new to it all. Um, I had sort of players that had played for international teams in my team at Slough. And yeah, it never seemed as taxing back then. I don't know whether it's just because I've got older and things have got harder. But <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to be we, we'd win a lot and... Not many teams were like looking at AFC Bournemouth this year, Moneyfield. I don't feel like we faced teams like that. I think you didn't get found out as easily back then as you would now against the teams that train four times a week and they really do take it quite seriously. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, massive change, I'd say. <clears throat> Is there any particular factors you can put that down to? Um, obviously, the the um, popularity of the women's game has improved massively over that period of time. Uh, but what do you think? Um, uh, what do you think you can put down um, the overall increase in quality down to? I think it's funding mainly because I mean, like I said, I mentioned AFC Bournemouth. They turned up to the racecourse ground with a huge coach, about seven members of coaching staff, kit person, water bottle person, and when you go to them, you sort of get the gist of what they're having weekly i mean we have an hour and a half training session a lot of us try and keep fit outside of football but that's all we get um, but i'd say the real top sides competing are in three times a week and probably giving their own training programs outside of that as well southampton last year were managed by marianne spacey and ex england international and they were just well amazing there's that's just really interesting. You you say that about like especially clubs, even clubs at the at that at that sort of level. Um, I, I, I kind of get in that treatment, but there's also a commitment there, playing wise, isn't there? And it, it's, you know, may, maybe maybe have an hour and a half. That's that's what a lot of a lot of teams around this area will have. Is is sort of an hour and a half a hour and a half a week, and and then a game on on the Sunday. Um, but it, it's it's a commitment, isn't it? And and now I I don't know whether that's something that that people playing for us at United could commit to it's a it, it shows the difference and the, and the gaps between kind of some of the teams in the league what what I, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to ask is, is is that something that that you've done in the past or is that something that you would want to do as in that level of yeah. commitment uh yeah I have done it in the past I had a when I was at Woodley and um, we had a really good year we had uh 
coaching that was very serious. He had us doing these fitness tests. We do the bleep tests every two weeks in pre-season. And we were in more often than not. And he'd even have us training if the game had been postponed and the pitch was boggy. He would find a spot, get out there. And we were very successful that season. It wasn't necessarily my most enjoyable season. So, I mean, I, the idea of it now, no, because I'm too old. But <laughs> if football was how it was now when I was in my early 20s or even late teens, I think, yeah, I would have really liked that. But not now because I'm just past it, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just so, so one of the things I, I believe I know about you, Lisa, is that uh, you do a lot of coaching as well. Yeah. Yeah, Barks County. Um, I've got the under-14s team at the moment, and I oversee the girls' football there. Yeah. What? Uh, what? What? Sorry, sorry, Rob, go on. Sorry, I was just going to ask, how did you get involved with that? Um, um, yeah, where, where, how did that come about? I'm really fortunate, actually. I'm a PE teacher at a little independent school in Chobham. It's mm-hmm. called Flexlands. and my head at the time was quite supportive of the whole football thing. I got there, and the fields were a bit of a mess. They'd just been levelled. And I was like, right, let's get some football pitches in. And then Steve Kay, who was uh, your volunteer of the year, a year before last, I believe. Yeah, met with him. And I actually nominated him as well, just to let him know that. (laughs) (laughs) Drop that one in there. Um, Yeah, met with him at school one day. And I said, right, I'll start coaching on a Saturday. We'll see how many girls. We didn't have a team at all. So we had about seven girls turning up to training every week. Now we've got an under-9s team, we've got two under-11s teams, under-14s and an under-16s. So it's really built from there. And, and yeah, it's, I'm just lucky my school supports me so heavily with it because they give me a bit of time out of my timetable. It means I have to work Saturdays, but I actually really enjoy the work, so it doesn't feel like work. Hmm. What, uh, what what do you say to some of the some of the young girls that kind of come in? Because and, and, I guess you probably get a few that haven't played before. Um what 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 kind of what kind of standard are you getting in and, and and what do you say to those girls who some of them who who want to have it for fun and some of them who are maybe hoping to push on well i do wildcats actually fa wildcats which is the real beginners i just encourage them as much as i can and praise the good things that they do um i try not to focus too much on where they want to go i just try and get them enjoying and staying in the game i think that's the biggest challenge with girls they get to a point and they stop enjoying it for whatever reason that is. Um, so it's just about keeping them into it and enjoying it. I mean, my under-14s team at the moment, I've had them since under-11. And, you know, I do... Actually, I've got harsher on them as the years go by, but cause that's because I know that most of them actually want to make something of their football. And they take it really well. I mean, they're a great little team. And I was watching them the last game before this lockdown happened, and I thought, actually, we could actually compete for a promotion looking at them they they're probably well i'd hate to say it, maybe they give my team a good game <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm joking girls <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> yeah so yeah just encouragement so the uh level of coaching um for girls now seems as you're talking through there seems to be um improving almost year on year um how does it compare to uh, when you started out and how did you get into uh, football in the first place? I was really lucky, actually. I, do you know, every football situation I've got into, I seem to have fallen into, which is quite bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I went to Slough Town Football in the community. My dad used to drive me there on a Monday night 
from that I ended up going on a holiday course and I got picked up by a coach she was um her name's Lisa actually unfortunately we lost her last year um but she was a goalkeeper and she'd broken her leg she had trials for England lined up she was playing for Arsenal but she ended up back at Slough and after that week at the holiday camp she took me to Denham which was a really decent club actually and I started playing for them again at the time I didn't realize it but I was probably in one of the top junior leagues I was playing against um, Chelsea, Watford, Charlton, Fulham, all those clubs um, it was really high standard so yeah I got into it that way I stayed at Denham for about three years finished off my junior football at Windsor and then went straight into senior at 15 which isn't actually allowed these days no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah it was started from a community project was that, was that- yeah, no, that's yeah. Was that as a goalkeeper at that point, or were you still uh, left back, right back, left wing? Oh, I was left right back for about a week at Denham. But oh, right. <laughs> my coach, she said, she said I should be a goalkeeper. She's like things that take her a while to teach others. I seem to have naturally. It's natural madness, isn't it? It's you're either <laughs> going to throw yourself to someone's feet, or you're not. And if you are, then you must be nuts, and you must be a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lisa, do do you when you go to, if you go to a new club now? Obviously, you know you'll, you'll be you'll be fairly well known now as a goalkeeper. But but kind of back then, was it a case of going to a club and going just telling them, oh, "Yeah, I'm a striker. I I did this once and very quickly got found out and ended up back at right back." But yeah, yeah, no, I play up front, play up front. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Daryl jokes. I have to say, actually, before I carry on, it's Daryl Evans' birthday today. So happy birthday to him! It's a big birthday, but I won't tell you which one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he jokes, oh, you can go up front. Or if we're 3-0 up at half-time, you can go up front. So who knows? But, I mean, I have spoken to the manager at Slough because that's where I will go when I stop, you know, when I feel like I can't play in goal anymore. And I said to him, I'll go on pitch, put me anywhere you want each week. He hasn't seen me playing about 12 years. <laughs> so maybe I'll do that. I look forward to seeing this, Lisa. That would be uh, that would be excellent. You won't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about so? What about Ascot as a as a club? Because obviously, Ascot Ascot ladies teams has two has two teams. Um, what's the what's the makeup like of those two teams? Do the two teams mix together? Because quite often, you know, I've been in clubs myself where you've have got a reserve team and a first team, and and they they barely talk to each other. But what what's what's the uh, dynamic like at Ascot? Well, everyone gets on really well. We tend to separate training. I'm separated from everyone actually because I have Jamie Ashdown, our goalkeeper coach. So you have me, and then you've got the first team training, and then you've got the reserves. Sometimes we mix for a game at the end, but I say in general. We have had to dip between the two teams this year, and it's been okay. Like players have come. Some are a little bit sceptical about taking a step up, but I do get that because seeing some of the teams is quite intimidating. And I don't think it's a case of refusal or us and them. Sometimes I think it's just they feel a bit daunted by the prospect of playing the level up from what they are, and they're maybe not comfortable with it. But generally, it's really good to feel around the club. And yeah, I think. I wouldn't say there's a noticeable divide. It's uh, and I get I guess um, in 
you're, you're right in terms of kind of the, the step up because that that's going to be uh, i'm just trying to think off the top of my head is about four or five four or five divisions between the the thames valley league that uh the, the reserve team plays in and and the the southern premier division that you guys play in that is when you look at that it's quite a daunting step up and it's something that that I think I even see in in divisions themselves. You know, there's a there's a huge divide between the top half of the league and the bottom half of the league. So to then step up, uh, step up four or five divisions is is quite a quite a quite a big leap. And then to see the opposition team turn up on a coach with uh, with seven staff, and you can you can understand why that might be quite intimidating. I think. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, you can't you can't ever fault anyone for saying they don't feel like they're ready to do something and you don't ever want someone playing out their comfort zone because that's probably when mistakes are going to happen and things are going to go wrong. So, no, you are right. Because, I mean, even in our league, we've got, we call it two leagues. I mean, Dave Ward, who managed us last year, used to call it a mini league and a league. And sort of the bottom six, you were in a league together and the top five were in a league together. And we'd always aim to end top of the lower league within the league. But, yeah. It's it's a step up and yeah, it can be quite intimidating. Like I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go on, Rob. I was just going to ask. Um, so you've you've listed off quite a few. Uh, um, well, who's who of uh, clubs in the local area so far uh, that you've played for? Windsor, Slough, Woodley, Bracknell, and now obviously Ascot as well. Um, I was just going to ask you to talk us through your career progression a little bit and uh, say, like you say, you you taken us to Windsor so far uh, how did you go about from going from Windsor um, on to all these other clubs that you've played for so well I got to Windsor because someone around the corner asked me to play for them uh, and then I got <laughs> to Slough because uh, a girl at school mentioned they needed a goalkeeper and she'd mentioned me to them and I'll never forget when I first turned up at Slough they looked at me all five foot three of me and I think they were like oh this is the goalkeeper <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I played, and oh, they were great. I mean, they were a great bunch to have around me, and I absolutely thrived. There was lots of experienced players, but they sort of gave me the freedom to make mistakes. Uh, so probably, I always think about the, my time there when I'm coaching younger kids, or even when I'm talking to younger players at Ascot. You know, if something goes wrong, the worst thing you can do to a young person is get on their back about it. So I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm playing and coaching. And I'm really lucky I had that environment because I must have probably had a few howlers. I'm a goalkeeper. I probably did, but nobody ever made me feel bad about it. And I'll never forget some games there. I mean, I remember we got to the third round proper of the FA Cup playing against Forest Green and my captain got sent off, Lisa King. She's actually Alan Devonshire's niece. And then... I just saved everything that came at me. We ended up winning the tie 1-0 and got to play Southampton in the fourth round. And when I look at where I was when I started at Slough, to that point, the progress I made was crazy, really. But it was because I was allowed to play and make my own mistakes and learn in that environment. And I was there 10 years. We merged with Beaconsfield because Slough started ground sharing with Beaconsfield. So we ended up becoming Beaconsfield ladies for the last five seasons and then they folded and then I ended up going to Woodley. Again, I got a call asking me to go there. Uh, three years later, I kind of needed to change and I went to Bracknell, which I have to say was a very fun season. Tough, but we had a good time at Bracknell. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then Daryl actually came to watch our last game of the season against Chesham when... 
Ascot knew they were coming up. We didn't know we were going down yet because the league put us down, even though we didn't finish last. That was nice of them. Um, yeah, and Daryl needed a goalkeeper, so I went there, and it's been a nice three seasons there. What uh, obviously this season that the 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 facilities at Ascot have um, have gone up a notch. Um, and, and obviously, you, you have experience playing on on that sort of surface when you were at Bracknell. Um, but what, what's that change been like for you? You know, Rob, you were asking um, who was it? Was it we were asking someone the other day about playing on on three G surfaces? I can't remember who yeah, we were. Louis Bowers, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and but but obviously, you know that that uh, with the greatest of respect, that sort of surface affects older players uh, from what we from what we've seen a little bit more. So, what's it like for you, kind of playing in that facility and and playing on that surface? Well, I think the facility is great for the club and the community. But if I'm being completely honest, I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I hurt everywhere after games. <laughs> I hurt everywhere after training. The ball doesn't for me. I'm letting more bobbly shots in. I went to play, well, we've been playing on it quite consecutively at the start of the year, and I went and played at Moneyfields, and actually I thought, oh, I can still be a goalkeeper. <laughs> because <laughs> I t- everyone says, well, no, it shouldn't be half now. The ball's not bobbling. It's not, but actually, if it's wet and the ball hits the ground just before it gets to you, you, you just can't react quick enough. Or not as quick as you would on grass, so... So, yeah, to be honest, it's not really for me. And I think it's great that we haven't had postponements. I think it's great for juniors to play on and that. But do I like it more than grass? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's certainly got to be better than the old sort of uh, stuff that you used to train on. Um, you know, the, the hockey pitches and the... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I get, I get less cuts. To be fair, Daryl got loads of protective equipment for me, some padded base layers and stuff like that but it's, it's weird places like the back of your hands up by your little finger down the side your arms it just seems to hurt everywhere i, I don't I have no idea why but it just does maybe like you said just an older goalkeeper maybe i would have been all right when i was 20. <laughs> i've rather thrown you under the bus there lisa sorry <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah i'm sure um, I, I do kind of make it clear that i I don't like it, but like I said, it's got its benefits and it's definitely a step forward for the club and I think it's a good facility for them to have, really good. Oh, sorry. No, 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 you carry on. <laughs> I was going to ask more about your uh, commitments uh, outside of Ascot. Uh, you've already mentioned the uh, uh, um, Barks County and uh, uh, some of the FA Wildcats. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and how you get involved in these um, uh, these programmes that are you know, not based through uh, Ascot? So, Barks County, um, I run the Wildcats for them, but I run it at my mm-hmm. school. Oh. I have a lot of the children at my school attending. Um, I just got involved by applying for that. If you're already coaching with a team, anyone can do it. You get some funding, actually, and you can charge for the sessions, but the funding sort of to... You get equipment as well. Funding sort of to give them rewards and pay for your facilities and that. But, yeah, you just had to apply to the FA, and I went on a course with them to get trained up and ready but the children absolutely love it and it's kind of a beginner course it doesn't necessarily center around playing the game of football it's sort of skills and stuff uh, ball mastery just really fun games that that can actually make football a more appealing sport for an eight-year-old seven-year-old six-year-old child so we run five to eleven-year-olds so it's sort of 
any age between them. It's, it's sort of their pathway in. So you, it's designed to get them into football. And then if they're keen, you find a club for them and hopefully they come and play for my club if they are keen. <laughs> is that boys and girls at that point or is it girls only? No, so uh, we do at Barks County. We obviously have the boys section as well, but Wildcats is just aimed at girls. Boys aren't allowed to go, and that's that's mainly because some girls at that age can feel intimidated by mm. boys being around. They're just to give them the chance to be them without the boys there. But I mean, I must say, in my experience, boys have been really good sharing the game of football with girls, and it's getting better and better. I was lucky when I was at school. I was always playing football with boys, and they just didn't bat an eyelid. But I know some girls haven't had the same experience um, in their time. Okay. Um, Lisa, let's uh, let's take it back to let's take it back to Asker, some and some of your teammates, perhaps. Um, yeah. Rob has this. Rob, do you want to do your your great question that we asked uh, we asked the other week about um, about trainers? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, the one I've asked uh, a few uh, different players that we've had uh, on the podcast is uh, which. Um, player do you have at uh, your club Ascot here uh, that is like pretty much the worst trainer around uh, who's who turns up at, on the match day that doesn't give it anything in training uh, oh, oh she's going to kill me for this <laughs> now she is working every Thursday so okay. that's why she's not at training <laughs> but I'm going to have to say Sarah Devon. <laughs> She's gonna kill me. She's gonna be like, "Why are you throwing me under the bus?" But I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw Sarah at training. I think it was pre-season, or unless there's some topic <laughs> kicking off, then Sarah will be there. But other than that, I can't say I've seen her there for a while. But she plays. To be fair, she gives a hundred percent on a match day, so I'll give her that. <laughs> oh God. Um, and I, so I guess we'll we'll, we'll um, let, let's have a bit of praise on someone. Who who would you say is is the best trainer and the hardest trainer? Oh me, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't train near them, but I'd uh, I'd probably say probably Jen, Jen Frey. She trains quite hard. She's always buzzing about. Yeah, yeah, probably her. Um, and. <laughs> Sort of in in that kind of in that reserve team, any 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 kind of players that have that have come through to you guys that have that have really impressed you? Yeah, Katie Vince, she's she's sort of been dipping in and out of the first team for a while now, but every time she plays for us, she's really good. Uh, Louise Pullen, she's I think she's brilliant, brilliant striker. Uh, there's someone else. Uh, why can't I think? Why can't I think? Oh, it might come to me in a minute. We've had a right back as well. I, I, my name's my mind's gone blank. I know her name. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think, but she's been brilliant mm-hmm. too. She knows who she is if she listens to this. <laughs> um, All right. Well, one further question on that sort of uh, thread. Then um, you mentioned earlier that obviously the um, uh, the training and the uh, ability to play football for uh, women's football is in, is getting better year on year. Is there anyone um, from the earlier part of your career that you think of may may could have gone a lot further if they were playing, say, today, and if uh, you know they had the opportunity that um, someone, a woman coming into the game, now has. Yeah, I mean, when I started, a lot of them were a lot older than me anyway, and they'd kind of been up there and were mm. coming back down again. But certainly some of the players I played with, I mean, I had a centre-back. She was 
probably mid to late thirties, Trina, her name was she was brilliant. Um and my my defence were actually really good, really good defence, Adele, Trina and Annie. I think they would have probably, if they had the development that's around now, would have really gone far. And yeah, quite a few of my teammates actually. Like I said, I was really, really lucky. Really lucky with the team I started with. Had a really good coach as well, and he was quite ahead of the time. He did a lot of ball mastery, what, 15 years ago? Mark Hill, his name was, he was an ex-professional, and he kind of really upped all of our games, so that was good. Um, Rob, we'll just, we'll just round things off. Have you got you you got one more, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I, I had a couple, but okay, yeah, uh, no, first go of all... Go um, for it. Uh, with uh, uh, you mentioned there, Mark Hill, I was just going to follow up and say, is there anyone um, who uh, who's coached you over your career that um, has affected um, your coaching um, and the way you coach um, Barks County and whoever else you might be uh, uh, coaching? Definitely, Mark, in terms of why do you technically in my sort of games and my training. In terms of <laughs> tactics, I have to say Dave Ward, who was at Bracknell, he's taught me a lot about what changes to make in certain situations in games so tactically as more of a manager than a coach I guess how to move people around if you feel like you're chasing the game what should you do if you feel like you're under a bit of pressure what should you do and that's actually helped me a lot in terms of tactically coaching but definitely I'm I sort of look to Mark with the ball mastery um yeah I'd Coaching goalkeepers, Jamie Ashdown's taught me so much. He's an absolutely brilliant coach and really lucky to have him at Scott. I've used a lot of what he's done with me on my young goalkeepers and it really helps them. So, yeah, probably three main ones. And I've got to say, as a manager, Daryl's brilliant he, at Ascot. He, he does so much for the team and little things. I give him a real hard time. Like, I have to play in short sleeves and I have to have this colour. And I have to, he will say... I'll give him the run around a bit, but he really is so dedicated to what he does and I need to thank him for that. Yeah. Is the management and coaching something you see yourself uh, continuing with uh, throughout the career and is there any ambition to maybe manage or coach at a, um, a high high level um, in the women's game? I'd definitely like to continue with it. Um, I just find it hard to make the transition from player to coach, really. I I don't know how I feel about it when I'm not playing anymore. At the moment, it's okay. Mm. I'm still playing. But it's either going to be the case that I walk away from football completely when I stop playing or I still have the hunger to play and coach. But I would like to sort of work in an academy, maybe teaching and coaching role, managing a top-level side. I don't, I, I'm not sure I'd be cut out for that. <laughs> a bit too much pressure. <laughs> Uh, Rob, did you have anything else? Yeah. Okay. One more. Well, one last one, nice light-hearted one to finish on. But you, like I said before, you've listed off a who's who of um, local clubs uh, that you've played for. Is there any particular club uh, in the local area that you have a soft spot for, and you always uh, look out for their results? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess. Well, do you know what? I always look out for Wokingham and Embrook's results because I, I really like the girls at Bracknell and a lot of them are there. Um, mm. Probably Slough as well because I spent a lot of my time at Slough. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I, I do you say for a soft spot, I do look out for the clubs that I don't want to win more than the clubs <laughs> I want to win. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's perfectly normal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <dear. laughs> but yeah. 
Uh, Lisa, thank you ever so much for, uh, for for coming on the podcast today. Um, we do have one question we ask everybody just at the end. It's not football related. Um, it's just uh, it's purely uh, just to kind of give people a bit of enthusiasm and, and and something to basically something to watch on the TV. So, do you have a, a box set or a TV show that you're watching or have watched that you'd recommend everybody else jump onto? I'm absolutely rubbish with TV. While the football's not on, I hardly watch it. <laughs> I think what was I watching the other? No, do you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm not. I don't really watch box sets. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? No, it's yeah, fine. It's exercise bike and guitar keeping me busy. I'll say buy a guitar instead of get, getting on a box set. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> can I just say as well before yes. we go on behalf of Barks County and Ascot, and can I just send my condolences from them to my teammate Darcy? She unfortunately lost her dad, Steve Young, uh, well, a week before last, and just uh, send our thoughts to the family. And our best wishes to them. Uh, yes, I did. I did see that, and it was it was horrible yeah. to see. But yeah, um, yeah, he's a top guy. He'll leave a big hole in both clubs. He's really top guy. Lisa, thank you very much for joining us. Um, that was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, pub but not in a pub chat with Ascot United ladies goalkeeper Lisa Phillips. You can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on our f- on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest, and if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. All that is left to say is that it's goodbye from me, Tom. Uh, it's goodbye from Rob. Bye, everyone. And the final word, it's goodbye from Lisa. Bye. Thanks for having me.